You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Nicole Hebron. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. And now I think we're in another culture war. I think we are in, uh, as we see, the realm of cancel culture in social media and this, this very polarizing war between the liberal left and the conservative right, if you will. I think that we're in another culture war and and a lot of it is centering around gender and race. And if you look at what's happened to black women athletes in the last couple of months with the censoring of their bodies, either because of hormones in the case of Castor Semenya, for example, or Naomi Osaka, or, you know, like there's, there's a lot of ways that our society has found to police black bodies for being too exceptional in a lot of ways, you know, for being, for performing in exceptional ways. And, and the white patriarchy doesn't like to see that because it starts to, to diminish their power. So I think, well, and, and we're having, you know, we're having a moment where trolls, you know, trolls on the internet, conservative trolls on the internet will propagate misinformation, false stories, hate speech, and drum up a lot of frenzy and passion on the part of the community in terms of potentially censoring or canceling certain bodies and certain ideas. The environmental struggles that we face and those kind of human rights, because to me, a human you know, a woman's nipple is not obscene. What's obscene is, you know, 8 million deaths a year due to air pollution. It's children dying in wars or human trafficking. Okay, these things are genuinely obscene. And as you say, Google Maps not showing the fracking or the Palestinian, you know, Israeli border, that's obscene. You know, those are the things, like, if you really want to crack down on things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're sort of touching upon an issue with regard to, to the the male nipple pasty that, that interests me a lot, which is people often think, oh, it's so like, it's so silly, like get over it. Like we have far bigger issues in the world to worry about than nipples. Yes, on the face, I totally have, you know, face of things, I completely agree with that. However, my interest and intention in exploring the, the kind of policing of these bodies is I believe kind of like it is literally a gateway to all of these conversations because it's about bodily autonomy. It's about respecting other living things. It's about not making assumptions. And and we can come at it with something that is kind of people think of as almost humorous, right? Like think nubs, nubs and holes in the body that everyone thinks is funny. Like, you know, nipples, belly buttons, you know, noses, like anything that protrudes or goes in, we're like kind of obsessed with. And I think that it, if so, I think a lot about some of the maxims that I kind of have running through my head on a daily basis are the, the Hippocratic oath, like first do no harm. And what does it mean to live a life on this planet and and to do no harm? What does that mean as for me as a teacher to get walk into the classroom and do no harm, or as an artist to do no harm? You know, emotionally, materially, environmentally. But then I also think about Gandhi saying to be the change that you wish to see in the world. And I think a lot about the principles of leave no trace. And, and when I see that things are, are, there's an injustice, I want to change it, of course. And how do you get to that change without causing harm? With the, with the censoring of 
of nipples. For me, the, the issues, and, the, and I, I recognize that there may seem to be some hypocrisy here in that there are bigger issues than nipples, but the, the act of censoring female nipples on social media does a lot of things. It assumes someone's gender. It revokes autonomy from the person posting. It devalues and belittles the experience of female identified people. And these things perpetuate what I see to be harms enacted on the part of the patriarchy, where we have, and in capitalism as well, we have this perpetual and systemic devaluing of bodies that are not cis men. That, and, and that's what I am hoping to change, you know? And if, if we can get to, if we can start to get to that conversation by this one small example of how bodies you know, that don't fit into that cis male package, how those bodies are perpetually policed and silenced and, and, and imprisoned, you know, on social media or banned. That is like, it's one example. And then we start to talk about all these other things. So like when I presented you know, my work about the male nipple pasty, I immediately got people saying, well, you know, what about black and brown bodies? Because I had posted this white male nipple image as, as the, the band-aid, right? Very intentionally to point out that it's the white male body that has the power, that if you've got to put this on, it's almost like, like white face for, for patriarchy and capitalism. You know, if you put on this white male nipple, it's acceptable and they won't question you. And then people start saying, well, what about, what about parents? being censored what about you know breastfeeding and all right or chest feeding because those images were censored too what about sex workers or people who use their body in their art facebook and instagram don't seem to acknowledge performance and video as art like they uh, they claim that you can post certain you know you can post nudity if it's in the form of art but it seems that art is only sculpture and painting because they can't discern the difference between a, a pornographic photograph and a performance art photograph, which to me is like, that's obscene. I'm like, how, honestly, you've got like some of the most sophisticated AI in the world and they can't build algorithms or robots that can discern metaphor, sarcasm, artistic philosophy, you know, and those are that. So it's, to me, that also gets at like, what is really, what's human? Like, what is art? What is creativity? Like, what are, these are these things that are like so deep and, and, inherently part of of the human experience and the human existence and in a lot of ways i think that we can't you know we we talk so much about what ai is and what it can do and it's learning and all but their ai still can't get can't figure out art <laughs> For example, I, I also recognize um, and have several friends who've gotten surgery as they transitioned and it made all the difference in the world. Like at that instead, like helped them be like, see themselves for who they were, where, you know, for me, it would be the opposite. So I just think it's, I'm always trying to think about, you know, what perspective are we not exposed to? What are we missing? What are we not considering? You know, if, if we can talk about the, the, demographic of say millennials and gen z who who are normalizing conversations of 
non-binary identities and existence, you know, and that didn't exist. Certainly trans and non-binary people existed for me in my, in my upbringing, but the conversations didn't, right? The platforms didn't. So, so I think all the time about, like I was saying before, what is it, you know, that in 20 years or 10 years or 30 years, the generations will be, you know, what is it that will be normalized then that will seem wild to us now that we didn't have as part of our normal conversation. But no, it's, it's an interesting, it, it, well, you know, that's, it comes back to that question of innocence, you know, because we were talking at the beginning of this conversation, you were talking about, you know, what is obscenity. And so, you know, we ascribe all this meaning or, you know, we say something is good or bad. We are projecting meanings onto things that they don't have. And certainly if you tell, you know, a young girl who's playing with her unicorn doll, you know, she has no idea that that might be the symbol for something else. So it, it's interesting what what the cultural meanings we assign to things, and it's and the different culture, different meanings they take on within different cultures. What's considered innocent and what's considered unacceptable changes, of course, from culture to culture. So it's it's very illuminating and important for us to be able to examine these received notions and and really what they mean, because often we are reacting to things without thinking, just because we've been taught to identify things in that way. And so, so your work is important in, in opening our eyes and, accept, and just understanding the nuances and complexities of because we're all individuals. So I guess in closing, you know, we're educational initiative and we do think a lot about the future and um, the arts and feminism and education, as you think about all these things and the kind of world we're leaving for the next generation, you know, what are some things that you'd like to change uh, so that we might have a better tomorrow? And I, I think that we do, we do, we desperately need to rethink the education model, whether it's from sex ed to in, in, you know, the K through two context or, decorporatizing education. I mean, the conversations around student debt of late are just, you know, it's so devastating. And I think that the university environment has become a very corporatized for-profit environment. And that's, and it's just, it's heart-wrenching. It's gut-wrenching to me that, that we've, we've found a way to turn education into a business and it's no longer education, if you ask me. So I would really like to see that. I would love to see the gender binary abolished. It's just, it's keeping us in a very inequitable social structure. And and, and I just don't think we're going to be able to move forward with, you know, equity and freedom and autonomy for all bodies for as long as we have a gender binary. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes, to learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.